0: Welcome back to another episode of San Jose, the podcast where you get the chance to learn more about the history, lore, hauntings, and everything else spooky ooky about San Jose. And this is your co host, Carmen Sanchez.
1: And I'm Manuel Avalos. And this week, what are we talking about, Carmen?
0: Manny. It's officially spooky season, so today we decided to talk about one of the scariest haunted houses in Watsonville, California. So today we are covering the three-story mansion located at seven two three East Lake Avenue, in Watsonville, called the Tuttle House. Dun dun dun, and. As you guessed it, we talked about it a little bit, or we touched on it a little bit last week. So we figured we might as well go ahead and give you guys the story. So this house is six thousand five hundred and thirty-one square feet, and dates back to eighteen ninety-eight. Super old house. Um, but also, it was known as the Dusty Treasures and Antiques, which was an antique store within uh, the Tuttle House. And, but, which we were actually going to do an episode on, but um, it closed it back in 2014, so we weren't able to do much research on it. We just found out that it was closed. But anyway, um, if you actually still want to support Dusty Treasures and Antiques, it's actually online. Like, they're online, so it's an online store.
1: Well, it was. But I tried the link, and it seems like that was shut down too because it doesn't go anywhere. So, maybe not. I don't know.
0: Man, that sucks. Well, I guess they're just... I mean, then on top of all that, COVID... Oh, but then that probably wouldn't even make sense because it was already online. So they could have th- thrived during COVID, but... <sighs> all right. Another one bites the dusty treasure. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. With that, did you want to go ahead and talk about the history and maybe a little bit on the legend?
1: Yes, let's do it. Our story begins with a Mr. Morris Burns Tuttle, who was born in Iowa in 1858. His family moved to the greater Gilroy area in 1872, and he became pretty knowledgeable in farming and horticulture and began working on a family-owned farm in Gilroy in 1878. At one point, he actually owned and worked over 300 acres of fields, um, and I believe a lot of it was apples, so there were a lot of apple orchards. And he and his wife, Mary Ingalls Tuttle, had six children, the oldest of which, Warren Tuttle, inherited the house in 1939 after the death of Morris Tuttle. Uh, There was a really cool article I found on the Santa Cruz Public Library website that was titled The Tuttle Mansion Story. It was a newspaper clipping from the Watsonville Register Pajaronian. This article was written by Betty Lewis on January 18th, 1980. And according to this article, Morris Tuttle commissioned William Weeks, who we talked about last week, uh, with the Redman-Hirahara house, uh, to design him a home in 1898, the construction of which started a year later. The carpentry work on this house alone cost $5,417, which converted into today's money is about $178,000 today. Still seems pretty cheap by today's standards, but I don't know. (laughs) According to findagrave.com, one of our favorite websites, the Tuttle house was built with costly Hungarian ash, oak, cedar, bird's eye maple, and mahogany for the interior finishings. The floors are laid with hardwoods, and the hall and dining room are paneled in oak. Also, uh, if you're curious, he was buried in the Pioneer Cemetery in Watsonville in Block A, Plot 28. After his death, the house changed hands many times, uh, from people, I think, all over California and maybe even the U.S. And thankfully, though, the house currently still stands. I couldn't find exactly who owned it. I was really confused, and it was weird that I couldn't find that.
0: Wait, like, currently?
1: Yeah, like, I don't know who owns it currently.
0: Oh, it's um, actually owned by the Oliver sisters. Oh, the uh, twins? They... Yes. From what I read, they are currently uh, holding their... The Oliver property management company from the Tuttle House. Their family has owned the house since the nineteen seventies. And since then, um, like I said, they have their their property management and then also the other one of the other sisters, um, there's Kathy and another one. And the other sister is currently trying to like make a side business as a toy like an antique toy repair studio or something like that. So maybe they did own it. But yeah, so that's pretty much it. And I'll talk about their their company in those <laughs> in later.
1: Okay. Interesting. I guess I'll kind of just jump into the legend because the history was kind of I had to piece it together from a lot of different websites. It was a little hard to trace the history of this one, especially because the Tuttle Mansion doesn't have its own website, which made things a lot harder.
0: Sorry, one more tidbit is that... um, So, the... It's been in the Oliver family since the 70s, and they also manage... They also rent out some of the rooms in the Tuttle Mansion along with the carriage house um, so that they... are. For local businesses. So small local businesses can hold their businesses within the house. So they, they rent it out as well.
1: Uh, okay, I see. Well, there's... um, I mean, there's all kinds of different stories about the mansion. And I found some pretty cool stuff on Santa Cruz Ghost Hunters website. Um, So I'm going to read this really long excerpt from their, their website. Again, this is directly from Santa Cruz Ghost Hunters. I did not write this. Um, I just, I really wanted to, I would have paraphrased it, but there's just so much detail and I, I didn't want it to really lose any of its content. So I'm reading it right off of their website, santacruzghosthunters.com. The Tuttle family history dates back to the early 1500s to 1600s and includes both homicidal criminals and masterfully educated geniuses. Taking a trip back into time, the Tuttle descendants date back to New Haven, Connecticut, when young Sarah Tuttle, daughter of William Tuttle, had brought shame upon her family for allowing a boy to kiss her without parental consent, which was against Puritan values. I know. I know.
0: How could she?
1: She probably showed her ankle or something. I don't know. In a heated argument with Sarah's 29-year-old brother, Benjamin, Benjamin took matters into his own hands and bludgeoned his sister to death by hitting her in the head with an axe, perhaps jealous of his sister's affections. In in 1676, Brother Benjamin was convicted of his sister's murder and sentenced to death. One year later, the eighth daughter of William Tuttle by name of Elizabeth went mad. Her sibling by the name of Mercy killed her son a year prior who was believed to be illegitimate. She drove her husband to divorce with insane behavior, and upon it being granted, she vanished from the town and is believed to have completed suicide. Throughout the decades, the Tuttle lineage spread far and wide throughout the U.S., many descendants settling into California. Such is the case of William Tuttle, namesake from the aforementioned and first cousin, Hazel. The pure-blood descendants were in marital bliss. However, in 1911, it soon turned, it soon turned to divorce as the marriage began to crumble. While separated, William Tuttle resided at the Watsonville Carriage House, while wife, Hazel, remained in Rockland. In December of 1911, William returned to their home in Rockland, where he brutally murdered his wife Hazel and then turned the gun upon himself. Their energies seemingly resonating within the Tuttle Mansion, a place which they often visited. Alas, the madness of his family does not end here. In 1913, Morris Tuttle's brother killed himself in an outbuilding outside of the Tuttle Tuttle mansion. He was claimed to have shot himself twice in the head. The deaths continued with the demise of several Tuttle children. One of the worst known deaths is that of Irma Tuttle in 1918 at the age of 8, while Irma accidentally fell under a roller driven by her cousin Alan out of the fields. The roller, which weighed 1,800 pounds, passed over the child's head and crushed her skull. It took her three hours to succumb to her injuries.
0: Three hours?
1: Why do I feel like that can't be right? I don't know. I'm not a doctor.
0: Three uh, Yeah, you th- honestly... Okay. I mean,
1: 1,800 what? pounds over a baby's skull or a child's skull. Pretty sure that's... That's just... Oh, gosh. This episode is so dark. I'm so sorry, y'all.
0: It's so dark. That's why I was like, oh, it's perfect for spooky season. But wow, this was a lot more than I I thought.
1: (laughs) Truly. It continues. The Tuttle Mansion in Watsonville is believed to be a portal harnessing the energy of Tuttle descendants, both immediate and distant alike. Multiple apparitions, orbs, cold spots, EVPs, and more have been caught by those visiting the mansion in search of evidence of the afterlife. Also... According to hauntedplaces.org, quote, Disembodied laughter, sounds, and footsteps have been heard within the haunted Tuttle Mansion, in addition to a full-body apparition of a woman ringing an old farm bell.
0: That one's new. I did not hear it.
1: Yeah, that's different. I didn't find anything else about this, but it's still spooky.
0: And just to, like, um, touch on this again, so there's another Tuttle Mansion in Connecticut, that also belonged to the family, um, just to reiterate. and Just to make things more so complicated.
1: Everybody...
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. And then when looking this mansion or house up, it's like, oh, it brought me to the one in Connecticut. I was like, no, the Watsonville one. And apparently Ghost Adventures actually did an episode on the Tuttle House, but it's the one in Connecticut, not the one in Watsonville, which was... Upsetting for me to realize that Zach Baggins did not come to Watsonville. It's upsetting. Sorry. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's okay. Let's just tread on to the personal accounts. Right. As if that wasn't dramatic enough, um, I looked up on you went to YouTube, and I found um, this video called "Scary Stories in a Haunted House," uh, posted by Yotsi back in October 2018. And that's how I think the name is supposed to be said, but I'm not sure, so I'm just gonna stick with it, anyway. Um, So, Yotsi visited the Tuttle Mansion back in 2018 to get some lash extensions um, from a woman who set up her business in one of the rooms of the Tuttle Mansion. So, she had an appointment with Alex, who is self-employed and owns Endless Beauty, Watsonville. And Alex had plenty of stories and claims, um, and and actually claims that her lash studio is haunted. So, she reported that she had a- Yeah! It was really cool um, hearing these first-hand accounts for, um, in the video. But she reported that she had a mirror fall after a whole year of being hung up on the wall. It just, like, fell. And she was like, what? Like, why? Um, there was also some trash littered around her studio. And she she asked, like, other tenants in the building if they had gone into her room. But everybody denied it. So... Either they are playing tricks on her or there's actually a ghost. Um what next? Oh yeah. Also her clock or like every so often she would check the time like on her clock. Um, and it would be at random times every so often. So she changed the battery just like anybody would, right? But it kept it kept doing it. It would just stop at random times and there wasn't just one time that was like significant, like you know, witching hours 3 a.m. Um, but it would just stop at random times. Um, So I think she just got a new clock. Um, She also, um, so this is another really creepy story. So um, other tenants in the buildings um, wanted to see if like what would happen if they got a camera and just put it up in their room, because I think they were, feeling some weird stuff or maybe stuff happened to them because a lot of people would hear like footsteps going up the stairs and nobody would be there so they wanted to see if they could catch something on the camera and so i'm pretty sure they got like a rain camera or something because it would notify them when it um when like people are passing by and this person who put up the camera got so sick of the notifications going off uh, on her phone because um she would like wake up at 3am with notifications like this happened for like a, a lot um while oh, she oh no yeah <laughs> so this that happened so often that she ended up just leaving <laughs> she didn't want she didn't want um to be associated at the Tuttle house anymore because she got freaked out um one other thing too is that every, or she, I think um, Alex was working with a client and when uh, she went to the doorway, she smelled sulfur. So, like, if you smell sulfur or rotten eggs, yeah, so when you, generally, when you smell sul- sulfur or rotting eggs, it's like symbolism of like there's a ghost there. She was like, Mm -mm, don't like that (laughs) but uh, she's I think she still works there I don't know if she works exactly at the the Tuttle house but her business is still going and it's by appointment only her business like I said earlier um, is called endless beauty go support your local business because Alex seems like a pretty cool person to be friends with Um, she has only positive reviews on Yelp and Google Um, five-star everything and she does a lot of skincare, care, um, waxing, um, and lash extensions. Oh and massages! So again they're located at 723 East Lake Avenue in Watsonville, California and like I said only good reviews. Um, this one was posted in 2019 and it says, I've been going to Endless Beauty for lash extensions for over two years. Alex and Olivia are great. They just started doing volume sets, and I couldn't be more pleased with the work. I also use Erica for waxing service, and she's great. Uh, like I said, only good reviews. And then next, um, the next company I found on Yelp was Oliver Property Management. Like I said earlier, this um, this property management service is owned by Kathy Oliver and um, the sister Jennifer. Okay, and also okay. I'm not trying to say anything bad, but I'm just in a neutral manner. Jennifer is spelled with two Fs. So it's J E N I F F E R. And usually, isn't it the N that's doubled? Yes. Okay, so I just wanted to say that <laughs> because I just. I've never seen Jennifer spelled that way. And at first I thought it was a typo, but then I went. Uh, deeper in the article, um, this Paronian article, and it's spelled the same way twice. So I'm pretty sure that that is the way that it's spelled, which is interesting. But yeah, so anyway, um, that's that's the sister that wants to do the the toy uh, the toy business. But, Um, Yeah, earlier I said support your local businesses, but I don't know if you would want to use their management service because they do only have a two and a half stars on Yelp, and a good majority of their reviews are bad. They have one or they have two reviews, but one is by like a popular location in Watsonville, so I'm pretty sure that's just kind of biased, but here's one by Rosemary M uh, from Capitola she rates the oliver property management a five out of five stars back in 2016 and it says oliver property management strives to follow the law and is always fair and professional as they work with individuals throughout the entire process of renting from the search for a home in a very limited inventory environment to the ultimate creation of the final lease rental agreement I am a California licensed real estate broker and it has been my good fortune to find a rental through Oliver Property Management. When I downsized my properties, I chose to rent as I analyzed my future. Working with Kathy Oliver and her wonderful staff, I can only say that I feel extremely blessed. Then I have another uh, review. So this one's from 2014 and it's a one star by Mark S. He writes, Oliver Property are a bunch of disorganized idiots and they rent to gangbangers. They care only about collecting rent and as far as rental repairs or problems with other tenants, they have no concern. Very unprofessional and I hope they are reading this. Renting from them has been an absolute nightmare. As soon as I have money saved, they can rent to the other legals and or gangbangers. I'll be long gone. My advice, stay away from Oliver Property. I don't see how they could possibly gotten any good reviews. The folks who have given them good reviews probably just haven't dealt with them for very long, or they are gangbangers themselves. For Oliver Property seems to take a liking to the lot. I accidentally gave them a star, so if you read this review, never mind the star, it's far from being deserved. And it's riddled with uh, spelling errors and there's so many exclamation marks. Um, this other one is from Brittany N, who lives in Watsonville, California, and this is a more recent review back in 2016 with a one star. I'm not really sure why I even put one star. The amount of disrespect I have endured from this place is insane. You walk in the office and the women talk amongst themselves about personal business leaving you standing there. When you ask for something to be fixed, example, bathroom fan that prevents mold, it goes unnoticed and when they do send someone to fix something, it is a backyard handyman. They had arranged to have our septic pumped. When the two men showed up, they were extremely intoxicated. They kept asking for beer and alcohol, which I do not drink, therefore I do not have any in my house, yet the men kept asking, even handing me money, to drive to the store. I did not, of course, and I feel that this is beyond unprofessional, as well as I have had many other issues and would definitely not recommend. I also wanted to add, if you don't believe this review, check out Watsonville court records and do some investigating of your own. I also was not evicted, so for this company to comment and say say that just shows the level of professionalism. Um, I'm not sure what that last uh, sentence is about, but either way, this is such a strange story. I'm not sure if that's more on the doing of the the company that they hired these workers from aren't isn't good, and maybe she should have directed her bad review to them instead. But I just thought that was a really interesting, um, interesting review, because, you know, it's like, imagine that happening to you. <laughs> like, what would you even do in that situation?
1: No idea, dude.
0: I know, just like, oh gosh. And then that other guy just kept saying illegals and gangbangers, and that made me upset.
1: There's also a good amount of information I found on Backpack Reverse, which again is one of our favorite websites. (laughs) Uh, And they have a a page about the Tuttle House with a few little stories. I thought I would read them out here. And they write, Many former customers reported objects, such as typewriters, being manipulated on their own. Others heard disembodied footsteps follow them around the store as they shopped. While browsing, other patrons heard the clanging sound of a non-existent bell being rung as well as doors that would slam of their own accord. Considering the age of the mansion, nobody, including the owners, seemed particularly surprised by the amount of paranormal activity present. Layla recalls visiting the store quite often on weekend afternoons in search of expensive and hard-to-find dollhouses to add to her growing collection. I really miss that store. It had a little bit of everything, she said. You never know what you were going to find on display there on any given day but one visit stands far out in her memory beyond the rest, and it wasn't because of something she found for sale. I excused myself to use the restroom. When I got out, I thought I heard the sound of someone crying upstairs. I think it was my maternal instincts kicking into high gear because I thought it sounded like a child, and I decided to go see if the the kid was okay, even if that meant going into part of the house I should not have been in, she admitted sheepishly. I creeped from room to room, listening for the source of the crying. It started to fade away. What if he or she was lost? Hello, I called out, fighting the urge to be sick again. For a moment, nobody answered, and then I heard a soft, wavering voice say, In here. I followed the sound and slowly opened a door to a room I've never been in before. The room was pretty empty, but the window was wide open, letting in a chilly, chilly, a chilly breeze rush through. I remember taking a step into the room and nearly falling backward because of what I saw, of what I think I saw. There was a girl sitting underneath the window, huddled up against the cold, Layla said with a shiver. She was so blurry, I knew she wasn't human, wasn't alive. But when I blinked again, she was gone. The curtain on the window continued to float around on the window, and I thought, well, maybe it was just the curtain moving, and I thought someone had been underneath it. I slowly crept backwards out of the room, staring at that window every second, but nothing appeared again. I don't know, Layla said, shaking her head. Everyone in Watsonville misses that store, but nobody wanted to shop for items and find a ghost instead. So, oh, that was just in reference to um, when the Tuttle House was the Dusty Treasures and Antique Store, which, again, has been closed since 2014, um, but it was quite popular amongst locals in its heyday.
0: Um, so as we mentioned earlier, uh, Santa Cruz Ghost Hunters did their own investigations here at the Tuttle House um, And you can look them up on their website or at, on YouTube um, and I looked at one of the videos and it was actually really interesting because they so a lot of people actually talk about um, how they see children running around on the property um, and even inside the property, and they managed to they think they were able to speak to the child because um, the spirit that they were dealing with had like a more energetic presence or a more active presence. Um, it kept like playing with the lights that they had. um so it was and answering questions like, childish questions. Um, It was like, oh, um, do you like to play? Like, things like that, so they can figure out that it was a kid. Um, Like I said, the lights kept going on and off, so you can tell it was really active. Um, There was also, (laughs) they had this thing where, I guess if you touch it, it makes a funny noise, and the, the kid wanted to play with it, but it was too tall. So then they put it on the ground, And right after that happened, they heard a gunshot. Whoa! Like noise within the house. So after that, the kid got scared and ran away because there was no more activity afterward. Spooky. Really. Yeah, really interesting. Oh, and then they went to the. So I think they also went to the carriage house, um, which is. I believe where the the toy studio is, but they didn't get anything there because I think, like I said, the earlier the the child got scared and ran off. I I, I believe that there were more investigations and more videos, but I didn't watch any of those. I just watched the the primary one. It was like thirteen minutes. Um, But yeah, it was really interesting. There was a lot of conversation going on, so you can learn more about the little, the little boy or girl that they were playing with.
1: Wow. Okay. This episode had a lot of personal accounts and, like, no pop culture and like no related facts, which was really interesting. Um, I feel like it's kind of different from a lot of our other episodes, but I guess uh, you know if you have a Tuttle Mansion story that you want to tell us. You definitely should. If you've been listening to to this podcast, come on. You know at this point, you follow us on Instagram, at San Jose Podcast. Tweet us at San Jose Pod. Email us sanjonse at gmail.com. And check out our website, sanjonse.wordpress.com.
0: Yes. And um, that's it for this week. Uh, We'll go ahead and post on our Instagram. So check those pictures out. Because this house, unlike last week's episode, looks very very well preserved. Uh, So go ahead and check those out. But either way, that's all we got for this episode. Remember, stay spooky, San Jose.